the most interesting radio show on planet Earth. The Weekend Variety Wireless on Radio Live. Good evening, everybody. Uh, John Dippig's back. Did you miss him last week? Half of you are going, no, no, bloody, that yelling yank. The rest of the rest of you are saying, where was he? We need our John Dippig. He's back. He's on form. He'll be up after the commercial break. Later on this hour, I've found myself a big fat excuse to talk about a Cat Stevens album called Tea for the Tillerman. There's this cat, ha, ha, ha called, getting his name right, Darren Coggan. Darren Coggan is a Cat Stevens tribute artist. He's kind of got the similar voice, and I thought, well, look, you've got to be a big fan of Cat, don't you, uh, to do what you're doing? He's coming to New Zealand. Check him out. Darren Coggan. It's called Peace Train, the Cat Stevens experience, something along those lines. So um, I've always thought, and I still maintain, that the Cat Stevens album, Tea for the Tillerman, sounds like no other. It's so beautifully put together. There's a kind of clarity to it that defies explanation. At least from my point of view, it does. And uh, I think I can prove it on an exosketch or um, maybe a histogram graph or something along those lines. A Venn diagram should prove it for me. Anyway, it's a good excuse we do talk about a bit about Tea for the Tillerman, why he his thoughts on why it um, sounds like it does. Go check it out. It's a lovely thing. Or maybe I'll play a little bit. That's a good idea. Do that, Graham. I'll stop this and I'll put to... These weird backing vocal things that go on. Harder to do than you think. Record. Here comes one. Next time you're on into your local uh, record engineer, say, how do you do that? And on into white. Okay. John Dippig's back from holiday. He's up next. You're tuned in to the Weekend Variety Wireless. John, we've missed you. Or at least half the listeners have missed you. Oh, well, yeah, there you go. Half the baby, half the guys. Yeah. They say, where was John? We really missed John. And the other say, have you got, finally got rid of that loud now? Yeah, you got rid of the bastard. There you go. <laughs> Must be doing something right, I reckon. <laughs> Good for you. You Oh, you, we don't have to talk about your private life, but you, you took a week off. You've been chilling without Trump. Bulavanaka. Bulavanaka. Yeah, I just got 10 days in Fiji. I tell you, it was bliss for a lot of reasons. Yeah. You know, I mean, the long walks along the beach, ah, the swims, the cocktails, you know, it all was good. But there was another special thing that was good about it, and you just mentioned it. I didn't take my phone. I didn't take my tablet. I never listened to a radio. I didn't read a newspaper, and I never turned the TV on. And nobody mentioned his name. Yeah. For So for 10 days, it was like a blackout, and you go... Yeah, the world still just kind of goes along, and yep. some people just don't give a shit about all this stuff. Yeah, 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 true. 
Um, <laughs> a lot of them aren't Americans. I actually, but get, I did, you know, you run into a lot of Americans. Yeah, but nobody felt like talking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I do get the feeling as though, uh, more than ever, that America's social politics is kind of like poisoning other people's wells, as though we are yeah. somehow part of this. And yeah, yeah. I, I, I look around New Zealand and I, I, I don't see the um, Trump atrocities. The same you know, way. No. Yeah. No, exactly. You know, I, th- I think you're only going to see it that way if you're an American. You think what a, you know, what a denigration he's doing to a lot of our norms. Yeah. That's what that kind of gets you. Not ours. Not yours, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I did have a special experience, so just briefly. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we, <laughs> you know, we all think we're smarter than the average dog. And I've been around the block, and I've been approached in a lot of different countries, a lot of different, even my homeland, and other places, and, you know, about, you know, you, people coming trying to sell you stuff and trying to hook you in there. And I wasn't paying attention this time in Fiji, and my God, we got hook, hook, line, and sinker. I mean, we got conned big time, and it was it was just like at the at the end of it, it kind of went, we, it just suddenly hit, shit, we've just been conned. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Well, we, had, we were at a, a Vodafone booth in uh, the market, trying to get a, a $2 um, bus pass that we mm. needed. You know, we're dicking around and laughing, this and that, uh, my wife, Jennifer, and, and a friend of ours. And um, this guy kind of sidles up to us and, you know, was explaining things to us all of a sudden that we didn't need explaining, but it was okay. And then he kind of asked us what we wanted to, you know, what we were doing. And, and actually, the, our friend wanted to buy something for her son from the Fiji, from a Fijian market. Mm-hmm. And there's the hook. And the guy goes, oh, 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 yeah, well, you know, you know, right down here. And then um, Jennifer goes, you know, he, he says to us, I mean, it was just beautiful. He says to us, oh, where are you staying? And we went to Weston. He goes, the Weston, oh, how come I haven't seen you? I'm, I'm the bar manager. I'm one of the bar managers at the Weston. And Jennifer goes, the Sunset Bar? He goes, yes, that's the one. <laughs> Feeding him all so the info. We're giving him all the info, and he's just ripping his stuff. Oh, it was great. So anyway, we go up to a... He takes us to a back alley and up to a up up some rickety stairs. I barely made it up. I'm not the youngest guy anymore. And it was a you know, it was a market. It was a Fijian market, you know, but it was like nobody was in there. And there was a bunch of you know, three Fijian guys. So we get in there and right away we do a kava thing. So we know we're okay, we're kinda hooked. And this is all about you know, it's their bitch against the Indians. You know, the Indians are ripping off the Fiji culture and this and that, blah, blah, blah. And I think whenever somebody says that to me, and you got to help the village people, you got to help the villages out, blah, 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 my white privilege kind of kicks in. And I feel guilty about whatever. I don't know. I'm going to go, okay, I'm going to help the villages. I'll buy something. I got no interest in buying anything in there because it's just all a bunch of sticky stuff, you know, whatever, mm. souvenirs that I don't do. So anyway, we have the kava. We drink the kava and do all that. And then, um, you know, they, they we look around some stuff. You know, Jennifer and I looked around. And there wasn't anything really to buy. I mean, it's just, you know, nothing. But we said, oh, we'll buy a bowl. You know, so we go, okay, we get a bowl, you know, <laughs> for 75 bucks or something. <laughs> but our, our friend went a little bit more and bought a couple extra things. And it turned out to be a couple hundred bucks, and we so she didn't have it on her, so we had to go to a cash flow machine. So we go to this cash flow machine so she can draw out her money. Guess who's there? Our bar manager happens to be there. <laughs> so it kind of dawned on me and went, oh, wait a minute, what the hell is this guy doing here now? He just steered us to this place. 
And then we crossed the street. And this is my favorite part of this. We crossed the street, and an Indian guy was store guy was standing on the other side. And he goes, "Hey, man, I saw you talking to that guy. He's a street kid. He's a con man, fraud, con man, con man." And Jennifer goes, "No, no, 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 no. He's a bar manager at the West." Oh. <laughs> so as soon as we got back to the West, and I went to the bar and I said, "Yeah, you got a guy, bartender by the name of Penny." No, never heard of him. <laughs> done, done, done like a dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. I, I justify it that we got a private coffee ceremony. <laughs> An <laughs> expensive goes, one. It just goes to show you, you gotta, yeah. you got to be on your toes, baby. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but on returning, on re- no, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. You know, I was a 10-day ten, ten free, Trump-free and headlines and everything, and I, and I look at the headlines, and, and it's all bullshit. Once again, you know, Trump's in an argument with the mayor of Washington, D.C., because— he wanted to have his parade, and now there's no parade because it's going to cost $92 million. No. And he's blaming the mayor, and he's blaming this guy and blaming that guy. So you know what he's going to do instead? He's going to, he said he, next year he's going to go to the parade in Paris again. All <laughs> right, and pretend <laughs> yeah. it's for him. And pretend it's for him. You know, and he, and he took away uh, John Brennan's, an ex-CIA director. He took away his security clearance, you yep. know. And that's a big boo-haw thing, you know, because John Brennan was uh, on the CIA when they started the investigation into Russia. Anything that deals with Russia, if you've got anything to deal with Russia in America, Trump's going to fire your ass. I mean, he's fired everybody. But the worst thing is... Paul Manafort, his his ex-campaign uh, aide, is on trial for 32 counts of fraud. He's guilty as hell. Guilty as you can't, you know, I mean, after listening to the testimony. And the jury is out deliberating, and it's not a sequestered jury. So they, you know, they go home so they can see the news or whatever. They're not supposed to, but, you know, not everybody's going to abide by that. Mm. And Trump goes, you know, this is very sad what's happening in our country right now. Paul Manafort is a good man. He's a good man. This is very sad, very, very wrong that he's on trial here. I mean, that's just wrong. You can't do that. You're the president of the United States. You can't be saying that a guy's a good guy. A jury is going to hear that, and he's going to go, oh, well, you know, maybe I'll just let the guy slide or something. Oh, only if they believe what Trump says. (laughs) There are a lot of idiots out there. Yeah. Some of them are listening right now. Yeah. But, you know, (laughs) there might be three or four on a jury. Yeah, but you got to. It's got to be twelve zero. Twelve zero. Oh, does it? Yeah, it's twelve zero. Oh, okay. you, you don't get any so dissenters. He's in, interfering in a trial. He's interfering in the trial. Right. I mean, it's just and nothing has changed with this guy. It's all angst. There's never anything positive where the whole country and everybody's going, "Yay, Mr. President! Yay!" It's all bullshit. Yeah, yeah. It's because it. it Nobody who dislikes him dislikes him just a little bit. It's like that's about zero point zero zero one percent of the population. Yeah, um, no, it's all some or nothing. people are for Trump sometimes and against Trump another time. It's almost impossible to say without having to be cut down from a bloody tree. Yeah, okay, possibly. But the thing is, as I'm saying, everything with him is angst. You know, he's bitching with this guy. He's fighting with that guy. He's yelling about this. He's always tweeting angry tweets about the witch hunt the russia witch hunt it's always anger and angst with him it's and it's all about him it's all his battles against the world you ever hear him say he's going to do anything for america Uh you know for for america yeah he said he was going to make it great again (laughs) yeah yeah right Swallow that John? One. You know, I may have got con in Fiji, but not here. <laughs> <laughs> Shot. Okay. Uh, now, the tale of the tape. Yeah, now, this is really weird. 
you know, I mean, this guy gets taped and, and you know, spied on more than the average guy. Who does? Trump. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, because you, you have Michael Cohen, his ex-lawyer, who, you know, has a ton of tapes of him that he recorded. And the interesting thing about Michael Cohen is, before I left, he was talking like a jail. I mean, he was talking all the time. Uh. Now, all of a sudden, he's gone into deep silence. He's not talking at all. He didn't talk to anybody. And according to every person that I listen to on the uh, you know on the news and stuff, that means he's cooperating with the district attorneys because you know he's not talking, so he's he's turned the other way. But the the big thing now is you got this woman named Omarosa, and she was the one of the first contestants on The Apprentice way back when it first started, and she's a, a black woman. And she's a schemer. I mean, a real schemer. She was like the bad person on the apprentice. You know, there's always the good people and the bad people, the bad mm. guy. Well, she was the bad guy. She was, you know, really aggressive and blah blah blah, and a, and a real schemer. So then, you know, and became kind of a celeb. You know how that mm. happens in America. And then she parlayed that into PR work and this and that and speaking engagements and became kind of a name in the news. And then when Trump got elected, he named her Black something you know, adjudicator or special counsel black person in the White House. So she had a job there. Right. And Trump should have known this. If you're a schemer before, you're not going to be an unschemer when you get to the White House. So she's still a schemer. Unless it was just a show for TV. No, 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 no. Okay. No, she's a schemer. She's, 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 you know, she's nasty business. You don't want to cross her. But anyway, so she worked there for a year, and then they fired her ass because she didn't do anything. You know, she had nothing to offer. So right. they fired her. She was pissed off about that. So she's written a book, naturally, called Unhinged. Right. And she's on the tour now. Well, how I got fired for not doing anything? Yeah, well, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she's on tour now and talking about Trump and all the stupid stuff. She thinks she's, you know, that he's got dementia and, you know, all these things. And he, he th she thinks that he ogles Ivanka, you know, his daughter and all this stuff. But the thing is, she's got audio tapes of all this stuff. She's got audio tapes of the guy. And it's like Chinese water torture. She, little drip here, little drip there. Right. A couple of them will come out. And then you know the White House is going nuts, and then she, you know for the rest for the rest of the month or the month and a half now that she's on tour promoting her book, you know these little drips of the tapes right. are going to come out. Yeah, that's her <laughs> marketing strategy. That's her marketing strategy, just like you know, just like Avenetti with the Stormy Daniels thing where he was on the news. I mean, every other day he was on the news, you know, with different bits yeah. of information. Yeah, she's well, doing the same thing. Well, how much will it damage him when? Um, they let you grab him by the pussy. Uh, well, there's there's another tape I didn't even mention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's going to damage him, but once again, the it may damage him a bit. Oh, a bit, yeah. The I mean, grabbing by the pussy didn't help him. No, it didn't. It didn't help him. It lost him some. I think that tape actually will rebound in the primaries and yeah. hurt him uh, more this time around. And the thing with uh, with, with the Omarosa stuff. You know, to me, it's just once again the maelstrom of angst and negativity around this guy. Everything this guy does is shady, very, very shady. And that's why I say nothing's changed. You know, I had ten days of bliss, and now I'm back into the maelstrom myself. You know, I just, I just dipped my big toe into it for mm. tonight. Mm. Okay, <laughs> um, you went around when Alex Jones got and banned. Yeah. Alex Jones has yeah. been banned, but you know, hey, folks. You know, and Bill Maher came up and and um, and defended him. No, defended his right to be on. Defended his right to be on. Well, that's defending him. No, 
Yes, it is. No, it's defending the freedom of okay, speech. Okay, okay, yeah. freedom of speech. That's Bill Mayer's thing. Yeah. But, you know, on this one, man, I, I tell you, you know, I, I got to say no on this one because this guy's, I mean, Trump's an asshole, but this guy is the epitome of, of an asshole. This guy, remember a few years back, Sandy Hook, you know, yeah. a kid went in there and shot to death 26 school children yeah, yeah, of the yeah. age 5 to 8. Yeah. And Alex Jones came out and said that it was all a hoax yeah. and really pounded it. And come on, you're a parent and you lose your six-year-old to some guy shooting you in the primary school and then some jerk on a radio station is saying it's a hoax? Mm. Man, I, well, I don't know like getting banned all at once on all those platforms and things like that. Well, I don't Twitter, know. I'm not, see, I don't know. I look at Alex Twitter, Jones Twitter and I just out. think he's a cartoon figure. Well, he is, but still, that's nasty. We're making our frogs gay. <laughs> I mean, that's the level. I know, I know, yeah. I know. I think it makes him seem more important by censoring him, by banning yeah, him. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 But then um, again, see, once again, your buddy Trump, you know, props up this guy. He goes on a show all the time. He talks to him. Oh, he yeah. gives him credence. Yeah, because he's got very few friends in the media, <laughs> and he's found a nut bar. He'll yeah. have him on. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody wrote this. Uh, censorship is a very dangerous thing and absolutely impossible to police. Too many voices are being destroyed, some good and some bad, and that, and that cannot be allowed to happen. Who is making the choices? Because I can already tell you that too many mistakes are being made. Let everyone participate and we'll all have to figure it out. Yeah. You think it's a good thing to say? Yeah, I think it's not too bad. I know Trump said that. Mm. <laughs> Don't try and suck me in, buddy. Oh, I thought oh, you... Oh, see, I tell you what, Fonny. You got I... a bowl of carver for $1,000. <laughs> and I didn't get that one. You didn't get that one from me, bucko. No way. But now... Talking but about it was a little bit of sense from yeah, Trump. Well, I thought that I read okay. that and I went, oh, yeah, well, actually, okay. yeah, no, I, I've got to say I'm with you. Okay. And we had a little taste of that here in New Zealand when they wouldn't let the two Canadians speak. Oh, that was and then so they, silly. And then they banned Bash yeah. I I mean, know. from a university. I mean, get a grip. Yeah. <laughs> Utterly ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. All right. Now, um, let's talk Mexican tacos. Do you know, before you talk about your Mexican taco thing. <laughs> yeah. God, it's hard to get a good taco. Why are people so bad at them? Oh, you can't get them here. No, you can't get a you good taco. You can get a million things that they say are tacos. <laughs> yeah. Even at restaurants. They're it's not, like, no. Uh, and no. I went to a Mexican restaurant, <laughs> uh, a Mexican, yeah, thing, <laughs> and I said, I'll have your tacos. Um, and can I make sure that they're corn tortillas? Because that's half the taste. <laughs> that's the deal. <laughs> and the guy went, I don't think we have corn tortillas. <laughs> Yeah. What? Details. Mexican <laughs> restaurant. Corn. No corn tortillas. <laughs> no, I know. Get out. Get Get, <laughs> I'll throw you over the wall. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Back. Yeah, well, okay. this, this is a good parlay because, yeah, Mexican tacos. I mean, I love tacos. I eat a million tacos. And tacos are Mexican. I mean, they're just the Aztecs, the Incas, the the, the maize corn. It goes. I mean, oh yeah, and Texas, New Mexico. That's yeah, all, yeah, yeah. But we're just talking that part of the world, yeah. 400, 500 years ago, and Tucker Carlson, who is a mini Sean Hannity on Fox News, mm. tried to explain to somebody that tacos were actually from America. <laughs> yeah, well, it's possible, isn't it? No. It's not? No. I just told well, you. Chicken tikka masala is Glaswegian. 
I don't care. Okay. Tacos come from the Aztec and the Incas five, four, five hundred years ago before America. No. Okay. No, every, and when he said that, every Mexican authority came out and laid out the goddamn history of the taco. Oh, great. And it didn't come from America. He didn't it's do not an research. American thing. We have Taco Bell in America, yeah. but that's not the same thing. No. And it's this like is, Americans invented, uh, think they invented the pizza, and in some ways <laughs> did. Yeah, they, po <laughs> they popularized the pizza, and I don't know who invited pineapple to the, to the, <laughs> to the pizza party. party. Maybe it was ham. <laughs> I don't know. But it's a crime against God and nature. I know, but see, I love pineapple on pizza. Yeah, see, I don't. See, I do. I it's love my it. grievance 162. No, no, I love, oh, I love pineapple on pizza. But but I like pineapple, period. But hey, listen, see, the, the point of this whole thing is because Trump lies every day and says stupid shit every day, mm. everybody seems to, in America, seems to think that they can say stupid shit and nobody's going to check them on it. Or if they do check them on it, nobody cares anymore. I mean, it's ridiculous. Do, you think do that because they see Trump and think they can do it because they see Trump doing exactly. it. Exactly. I no, really I do. No, I do. I don't. I do. Because Fox have been doing this during Obama. No, it's not, they, not, they, not this stupid. That's yeah, stupid. Yeah, tons more stupid. No, no, Tide no. goes in, tide goes out. You can't explain that. <laughs> Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> For God's sake. Tide comes in, tides go, tide goes out. You can't explain it. Yeah, Therefore, right. a deity. <laughs> I'm sticking with the deity. <laughs> Welcome back. Thanks, big guy. I've actually got a nice little uh, Bill O'Reilly cut here. Oh, all about climate change. Oh, God. Climate change. <laughs> yep. Invented by the Chinese. Nope, nope. Can't do anything about it. I stick with the deity. It's, it's God will do everything to do oh, with climate good. change. Okay. Welcome back. Bulletin for Yordland, as they say on the weather. Super. Thanks, okay. Graham. See you, mate. Now the mail. George Hisea, Walnut Creek, California. Bill, Miller said he absolutely does not believe in global warming, and you didn't say a word, so you agree with him? This is boring, George. This is boring. I've made my position on warming clear so many times, even I'm tired of hearing it. I want a cleaner planet. I'm leaving the warming stuff to the deity. Good grief. Jim O'Connor, Glen Burnie, Maryland. O'Reilly, I feel you and Miller glossed over the veteran clean energy commercial. Cap and trade is one of the worst ways to reduce dependence on foreign oil. Again, Jim, the discussion wasn't about cap and trade. It was about left-wing veterans and their point of view in a commercial. You know, we didn't care about cap and trade there. Curiosity not only killed the cat, it spawned a whole radio show. Graham Hill's Weekend Variety Wireless on Radio Live. Peace train. That's what Cat Stevens said. It's a tribute act. There's no other way around it. Darren Coggan is that tribute actor and joins us in the studio. G'day. G'day, Graham. Great it, to chat with you, mate. Cat Stevens. Wow. You yes. must have been a fan to do that. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm a fan of that whole genre, really. The whole singer-songwriter genre, particularly the 70s. You know, obviously Cat Stevens, Neil Young, um, Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, they're all good, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. It was a beautiful time for music. James Taylor. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, just incredible, incredible songs, incredible sense of discovery, uh, a very creative period in, in music history, I think. Lots of outside influences inspiring those artists, I think, yeah. to, to dig, dig deeper. Yeah. 
I don't mean to be clever, but it's uh, this interview might be a bit different to yes. some of the others because I rate T for the Tillerman as one of the finest recordings. It's like the production and the engineering. Yes. The physics of the affair. I have no idea how they did it. Yes. It was 1973, I think, when it was recorded. Just the clarity and the spookiness in there. Yeah. And I've played it to recording engineers, more than one, several. <laughs> yes. And they come up with theories but mm, can't really nail it. So we might talk a bit well, about that Let's delve into that in a little. While. That's exciting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, being a tribute artist, mm. uh, I suppose you must get the criticism. Oh, well, you're not Cat Stevens. I carried around a big bag of cynicism. Uh, about tribute acts yeah, until 100%. I went and saw the bootleg Beatles. And okay. They transformed me, just blew your eyes. And Is that you're right? There. Yeah, yeah. It was a weird, weird, spooky feeling. I, I totally understand and appreciate that comment. And I'm, I'm one the same. I'm not a huge fan of, of tribute shows, to be honest with you. Um, but this show. Uh, it's not an impersonation. I don't come out and pretend to be Cat Stevens. I, I think that would be quite foolish to, to do that. There's only one Cat Stevens. And, yeah. and he's alive. And he's still alive. And he's that's singing. Exactly. And, and he's, he's still, still touring. That's right. So um, so what we try, well, what I try to do with this show is, you know, there's a there's a natural similarity in the in the timbre of our voices, which is exciting for me, being a fan of, of his music. And, and for a long time there, uh, actually not so much now, but for about 30 years there, he, he kind of disappeared from everything, you know, and, and it's a fascinating, I, the deeper I dug in researching his story, the more fascinated I became with his journey of, of self-discovery. And, and that's what appealed to me, obviously an incredible catalog of prolific songs from that era, which will be around forever, but his journey and, and the fact that he was so uncomfortable with the dizzy heights of, of fame and fortune and the excesses of all that, which he, he certainly, um, took part in you know yeah. i think you know he's well he eschewed all modern music because he thought yeah. it was un-islamic that's right yeah when he when he when he yeah. yeah when he left the music industry you know i think a lot of his fans felt like they'd they'd just lost a friend you know yeah. all of a sudden this guy who they've been on this same journey with of discovering themselves and yeah. whatever yeah. all of a sudden it was over and i think for them it was quite sudden but in his own mind i think it was quite you know he'd been dealing with all of that for a long time and you know trying to figure that out for a number of years so that when he made his decision to leave it all mm. it was it made perfect sense to him and probably saved his life they went in the deep end with, he, the, with all of that it was his son that brought him back to appreciating his own music incredible isn't it yeah, I remember yeah. seeing Cat Stevens live and he came out on stage and I thought you good bugger because uh, he, <laughs> he said oh it was my son actually that um, you know got me back into all this music yeah. and uh, I don't know why I was so silly yeah, yeah. I mean, I think and he was just so open about ab- it. Absolutely, hundred percent open about it. And you know, I think in his search, in his spiritual search, you know, he probably took a lot of the the, the uh, teachings, I guess, of his faith quite quite uh, literally. And yeah. uh, you know, anyway. But I think anyone that's certainly born with that gift to mm. communicate and and to um, you know put those beautiful positive messages of peace and tolerance mm. and understanding into our world, it, well, it'd be a shame not to have him. Uh, Still making music, yeah, and performing it. It was yeah. just such a, a thrill, actually, because yeah. it's it wasn't in any way diluted or faded. No, he, he it was, was relevant. Bang on, absolutely, yeah, yeah. What yeah. makes Cat Cat He's so distinctive? Is so so distinct. That's an excellent question. I, I think. You know, he's got that, that really interesting sound in his voice to start with. It's a really unique... As soon as you hear it, you go, that's Cat Stevens. There's something you know. in the back of the throat, isn't There's it? something there, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, he's got such a mix of, of, 
of styles as well. Stylistically, you know, he grew up in, in sort of Soho there in London. So he was a, he's a real fan of musical theatre and, and storytelling that way. In fact, I believe that's what he originally wanted to be, was a, a musical theatre composer. And I mm. think he's written several musicals that, uh, you know, have not really seen the light of day. But, but then he had this great mix of cultures. You know, his father was a Greek Orthodox. His mother was Swedish. He went to the local Catholic school, you know, and grew up in Soho, London. So there's just this whole mix of things going yeah. on. The Beatles came along, obviously, and changed everything. Soho in um, London at the white-hot period of musical creativity, absolutely. too, with bang in the middle of it. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think every young boy and girl, for that matter, wanted to pick up a guitar and, and be in a band. And, yeah. You know, and, uh, and the, but the fact, musically, that he had all those other things going on, I think, is what creates a really interesting mix that comes out of him creatively. It's incredible. Yeah. Okay. Have you seen Cat? Have you met him? I have. I had. I've. I've seen him in concert twice. The couple of times he's just been out to Australia over the last five or six years. Uh, but I had the privilege of meeting him in two thousand and seven. We were we were performing an earlier version of this show in Melbourne at the Athenaeum Theatre there, and uh, his nephew, believe it or not, lives in Melbourne, and his name is is Stephen Giorgio, which is actually mm. Cat's birth name. So uh, after one show in in. Melbourne there, I was standing out the front near the bar and this guy comes up to me and he introduced himself as Stephen Giorgio and he was very complimentary about the show and, and, you know, it turns out that he was his nephew and to cut a long story short, he said, look, I'm going to go home and call my uncle. I'm going to call Uncle Cat and tell him all about you. He mm. said, it's just uncanny. I can't believe the, the resemblance in your voices. So he did and, you know, there was emails back and forth with, he, with Yusuf's people and it ended in a, an invitation to go to London to spend the day with him. And it was a remarkable, surreal cool. experience. Yeah, it was very cool. You know, I was incredibly nervous because I wasn't sure you know, what the protocol was with, with Yusuf. But he, he completely disarmed all of that immediately. And he was just a really lovely, humble, generous man with his time. And, and I was just like a kid in a lolly store, you know. <laughs> I was listening to the guy I've been uh, a fan of since I was a small boy. But Did you dare... Play him something of you doing cat. Yes, I did. Can you believe oh, that? Yeah, yeah. Do, do it now. People are aching to find out <laughs> how you do the voice. I played him a DVD. I took a DVD of our show over and said, look, this is what we're yeah. doing if you want to watch this at home. And he said, well, put it on now. Let's put it on now. I said, no, you don't have to watch it right now. He goes, nope. So on it came. You know, he sort of had a, a wry grin on his face through most of it. And then, you know, we, we skipped through bits and pieces of the show. And he'd stop on the songs. So we played Father and Son, obviously, oh, in, yeah. in the show. And... Um, he stopped on that. He listened to that whole thing and he turned to me when it finished and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, well, he said, that's pretty close. I'll take that. Thank you very much. But it was Father and Son that was yeah. the song. Um, this is the song too that kind of people would comment on the most for me. We'll just do a little sample here. It's not time to make a change. Just relax. Take it easy. You're still young. That's your fault. There's so much you have to know. Find a girl, settle down, if you want, you can marry, look at me, I am old, but I'm happy. All the times that I've cried, keeping all the things I knew inside, it's hard, still it's harder to ignore it, and if they were right, I'd agree, but it's them they know, not me now. There's a way, and I know that I have to go away. I know 
I have to go. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it was father and son. So uh, right. that was a pretty cool experience. I would love to have sat down with him, like, you know, with a guitar each yeah. and had a jam. That would have been cool. But that didn't happen, unfortunately. But All right. it was as close as I got. All right. Time to delve into Tea for the Tillerman because I think it's a weird thing. Weird yeah. in that how the clarity of the recording. And I just want to point out a few things. One, it's got this sound where you can hear the plectrum on yeah, the, the strings, clicking. unlike any other recording I know. Yeah. It's just. It's weird. Uh, Wild World's a good example of that. Here we go. Yeah. And you hear that the pick on the strings is yeah. amazing. I don't know another recording that does that. And this is just one thing that has um, fascinated me about it. Yeah. Okay. You must be a fan. You've listened to that eight million times. Have you got any idea? (laughs) Yeah, look, so in studying his music, you know, those little, I mean, obviously I wasn't present when they recorded the album, but my observation is, you know, that clicking, I think he's using a really light pick and and he's just got a very gentle touch with his his approach, you know, particularly with his guitar playing, with his vocal delivery. It's all very gentle. It's all very relaxed. Um, But yeah, that's it. Uh, it's just that all, all very beautifully recorded and, and very close. I think the microphone. The microphone's got to be very, in a weird very, place. Very close mic um, placement. A microphone in the hand. Maybe, maybe in the hand. But it's and also I think you know, uh, you know, technically you can have all the, the greatest microphones and yeah. all the studios in the world. But I think you know the the real secret to this album and the you know the mysterious X factor that you're kind of talking about. I think is, well, a you're working with a remarkable artist, Cat Stevens, at the at the height of his of his talent of his career. Yeah. Um, Paul. Um, Samuel Smith. Smith. Yeah, Paul Samuel Smith, the producer. Ex of the Yardbirds. Absolutely. You know, and again, in a remarkable talent. Uh, Alan Davies on guitar as well. An incredible group of musicians that were all very like-minded in their approach that I think, uh, you know, I think you get that mix of people together and there is an energy and there is a, a, a mysteriousness that, that yeah. comes out of that that you can't really jot down and... and you know, have a have a formula for. Yeah, I don't know. Alan Davies is someone I've been trying to get in touch with, and he's yeah. not answering my calls at the moment. I, I'm just ringing up all the Davies in the U- <laughs> in the UK. I'm just going only a small list, one by one by one, <laughs> just hoping that I'm going to get get Alan. In the end, I've asked the promoters; they've tried. He must be seventy something. I want to talk to him uh, with him about how. Yeah, how Tillerman was made. Yeah. The other thing I've heard in an yeah. interview on. Um, there's a, an album Yusuf released a few years ago called Road Singer, and it's uh, there's a there's a bonus DVD with that, and it's an yeah. interview with Alan and and Yusuf. They're sitting by the Thames River, fishing, and and it's a very casual, beautiful interview. But he talks about this album, and he talks about the recording of it, and he says that uh, Dolby technology was coming in at the time. Dolby, yeah, but they weren't the only people with it. That's very true. Maybe they just were. Ex- I don't know if they're experienced. Uh, there seems to be a lot of air amongst. Or, yeah. There's a lot of space. Yeah. And, and I guess that's you know I think he always you know keeping things simple. Um, mm. Obviously keeping a lot of space in there for for the well, songs a, to breathe. Have a listen to this. There's another thing. How the it, it's a it's a double bass guitar on T for the Tillerman, mm. and it's just it, it goes crack bongy yoing yoing yoing. <laughs> 
and I don't know how. Here's longer boats, just a little segment, and it comes after where does the parson go? Okay, yeah. Here we go. Mary dropped her pants by the sand and let a parson come and take her hand. But the soul of nobody knows where the parson goes. Boing. Boing, boing. Where does the parson go? Yeah. That's an amazing sound. Yeah. I don't know how they got it. Great, great sounds. You're right. It's a great observation. And it's probably why it's still, you know, it's regarded as one of the, the great albums of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Another thing, uh, a weird reverb trick that he uses. I'm taking you down a rabbit hole of Cat Stevens. Most stuff, so definitely. Thought, I'm just intense. using you as a big <laughs> stuff your show. I'm, I'm just using you as an excuse to talk about this. No, I love talking about this. Okay. Um, a reverb that sounds like a the audio version of a contrail. A, wow, yeah. In a clear blue sky. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Have a listen. Oh, where have we got it? Into White is the best Beautiful song. example. Yeah, here we go. Well, that's pretty enough as it is, but have a listen yeah. to this. That's his, yeah, that's his beautiful voice there with, with a mountain of reverb around it. I don't think it is a lot of reverb. I think it's something else. Okay. I think it's something else. There's, there might be reverb, but it's really, really thin. The answer might be the EQ. I don't know how they did it. Yeah, yeah. I haven't yeah. heard anyone use that effect on any other record. Now, I'm citing one, two, three major factors, aside from the structure of the production itself sure. all over, yes. that I haven't heard on another record. On another record, yeah. I risk my case. I haven't heard it on another Cat Stevens record. Yes, indeed, yeah. Well, all these albums were quite different in that respect. I mean, these two, Teeth for the Tillerman and then Teaser and the Fire Cat, uh, even Mona Bone Jake in the first one that came out, as his new kind of self. So... He, he, he contracted tuberculosis and was quite... So he had this career as Cat Stevens, this kind of teeny bopper, you know, I love my dog, Matthew and Son, all of mm. those great songs. Uh, and he was in the white suit and he was all very cheery and, and teeny bopper pop world. And then he became very ill just through, I think, just overdoing it, you know, just indulging in all those excesses that were available to him as a young 18-year-old pop star. Um, became quite ill with tuberculosis. He spent the next year kind of in and out of hospitals and I think probably in his mind was quite close to dying, yeah. which I think then made him sort of reach deeper and sort of ask deeper questions of himself. Uh, what You know, what is my purpose in this world? You know, the... The bigger questions, I guess, that we all ask ourselves at some point, um, he was asking at a young age. So the next year in and out of hospital, he writes pretty much all of the material on T for the Tillerman and Teaser and the Firecat. Right. And Mona Bone Jake. And those three albums were written in a very intense period of time. And an interesting little observation. Very interesting. I don't know if there's any, any kind of uh, fact attached to it, but just an observation that a lot of creative people, who have contracted TB, tuberculosis, over time. We're talking Chopin, uh, Keats, uh, the Bronte sisters, have all done their most intense and productive creative work whilst they were contracted with tuberculosis. Mm. Whether that's because they're thinking this is it and they reach deeper to other places that we are not privy to, I'm not sure, but... Um, 
yeah, uh, it's just an interesting thing. So, so then he comes out, Mona Bone Jake, and it's this d- remarkable departure from what he, from his fans had had before. You know, things like Lady de Bunville, um, you know, all those, all those beautiful guitar licks, acoustic stuff that he was My doing. Lady My Lady de Bunville. Beautiful songs, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's you know he's asking bigger questions of himself, and and the music's very stripped back, very acoustic. But the writing's simple. more complex, I think. You're right. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, certainly lyrically, and and. Uh, I yeah. just want to play one of the shortest things he's ever done, and get the <laughs> complexity in it, and one huge, big, fat idea. This is one minute long, so it's not going to impinge on your evening. The title track. <laughs> Tea for the Tillerman. One minute long, and he takes his time. Yes. Bring tea for the tillerman, steak for the sun, wine for the woman who made the rain come. Seagulls sing your hearts away as wild sinners sin. Children play. Oh Lord, how they play and play for that happy day, for that happy day. And the craziest ending. It's <laughs> great, isn't it? You get a full gospel orchestra in. Yeah, and it hits for you. that, and you hit that. Just for happy that. day is a big moment, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Just sing happy day. Happy That's day. all I want you for. That's it. A minute long, and it's yeah. just yeah. so full of space. That's it. We start our show with that song. That's oh, our. First, that's the first show of our. Do of you our play show. piano? I don't. No, I have okay. a, a pianist with us though. He plays a beautiful right. grand piano on stage, and that's the start of our show because it's, uh, oh, cool. it's a cracking, cracking song. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it really is very cool. One yeah. minute. One minute. Thank you very much. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Peace Train the New Zealand Tour. Darren Coggan is the man doing it. Uh, it's not an impersonation. It's a celebration, I suppose. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A celebration of his music, of his of his journey, of his story, and. Uh, you know, I think people come along to our show expecting to hear those songs, obviously, but I think they really walk away with a, a great sense of, of who he was and, 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 you know, why he made certain decisions in his life. Groovy, Yuvi. Okay, Christchurch, Isaac Royal Theatre, 29th of August, Wellington on the 31st, Opera House, Auckland at the Bruce Mason Centre. You'll like that. It's 1st of September in Auckland. Okay, we'll go out with um, either your favourite song by Cat or your favourite song doing Cat. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Here we go, let's go with Peace Train. All oh. right. Now I've been happy lately Thinking about the good things to come And I believe it could be Something good has begun Now I've been smiling lately Dreaming about the world as one And I believe it could be Someday it's going to come Cause out on the edge of darkness there rides a peace train Oh, peace train Take this country Come take me home again Now I've been happy lately Thinking about the good things to come And I believe it could be Something good has begun Oh, peace train sounding louder Light on the peace train Come on, peace train. 
Yeah, peace train, holy roller. Everyone jump upon the peace train. Come on, peace train. So get your bags together and go bring your good friends too. Because it's getting nearer. It soon will be with you. So come and join the living. It's not so far from you. And it's getting nearer. Soon it will all be true. Now peace train sounding louder. Glide on the peace train. Yeah. Come on the peace train. It's the peace train. Now I've been crying lately Thinking about the world as it is Why must we go on hating? Why can't we live in bliss? Cause out on the edge of darkness There rides a peace train Oh, peace train, take this country Come take me home again Now peace train, sounding louder The light on the peace train Come on, peace train Yeah, peace train, holy roller Everyone jump up on the peace train Come on, come on, come on Yes, come on the peace train, yeah, yes, it's the peace train. Ah, the peace train. Aaron, thanks. <laughs> I hope you didn't mind my percussion. I love the percussion. That's, that's a classic part of that song, isn't it? Though? Isn't it? <laughs> Hand clap, Thank one you, of the mate. most <laughs> underrated rock instruments ever. <laughs> Good luck, sir. Thanks for Thank joining me talking about Teeth of the Tillerman. Great to chat with you, man. We talked a little bit about your show. <laughs> Life, the universe, and everything in between. Graham Hill's Weekend Variety Wireless on Radio Live. A fresh outsider emerges after new sport and weather at 11 o'clock. Don't forget the Outsiders archive. It is totally complete. We've made a bit of effort. We've searched. Uh, we've searched the sea floor for outsiders that may have gone missing. We think we have. We don't think we've missed any. So do appreciate the archive. A fresh one though. After new sport and weather.